come before the Lord, it's 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 such an honored thing to come and tabernacle before the Lord. If you make the comparison to the rest of the world, we are a privileged people together, and we we need to always view it that way. Never never take lightly the, the provision of the Lord. Um, We, we are His tabernacle. So, <clears throat> we want to provide an adequate place for Him tonight. So, before we assemble ourselves out here for worship, I, I, we have some guests here. I, I know Paul, Brother Paul Weaver is around here somewhere. Yeah. There. Yeah, and, and maybe I don't know the rest of them, I guess, but you can. Uh, Brother Ronald McKinney from uh, Georgia. He's got a community far along north of Baltimore. Okay, welcome, welcome to. Oh, and, and Beverly Miller. Yeah. All right. Welcome. There you go. Bless God. Let's assemble ourselves out here for our worship service. Give
marvelous when the Lord gives you confirmation. Um, because he is indeed teaching us to say, it is well with my soul. Very current. Very much. But try and convince us that it isn't well with our soul. But he is teaching us to say that it is well with my soul. You can turn to Romans 10. I'll put on my glasses so I can see it. <laughs> start in verse 8. No, actually we'll start in verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart who shall ascend to heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? What does it say? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth, your mouth. And, um, and he's teaching us what to say all the time. All the circumstances, all the discussion about the standards. Many, many of us as individuals are learning how to say what we really believe to be the truth about the standards, about the standard, the only standard. There's really only one, and that is Christ. And in this training process, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. I was done taking my, I was taking my glasses off. That didn't work. <laughs> that is the word of faith which we preach. But if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart the man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, I really believe um, this is central to what God's dealing with us right now. How is it? How is your confession? Check it out. Allow the Holy Spirit to check it out, please. He is able, and he is certainly able to help you express his word properly to anyone who might ask. A little later on in the chapter, it says, so then faith come by hearing, that's verse 17, and hearing by the word of God. And so here we are tonight, we're looking in the Word of God. Um, and you know, this printed Word is very important 
But it isn't magic. The word has to actually get worked on the inside. And that takes trials, that takes afflictions, that takes the stuff of everyday life, that takes um, sometimes the most trivial stuff comes along. And you got to ask yourself, why? Why, Lord? And if you don't ask yourself that, you'll miss the point. Um, I've been in the uh, Sermon on the Mount for the last little bit. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Chapter 5 and chapter 6 of Matthew are great. It's in Luke too. Luke also. Um, they're a great place to stay for a while. Because this was Jesus' introduction to the program. And it's really a very, very complete introduction. So in some ways, it's also a summary of what he was all about, why he, why he came to earth at all, what his purpose was, what he's after. And it says here, uh, we could read the whole thing, but that would take all night, so we won't do that. Um, in verse 17, is 5, Matthew 5, sorry, 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Let me say this as clearly as I can. Yes, some of the outward appearance of standards has changed around here. But if the standards were in your heart in the first place, by the conviction of the Holy Ghost, you might want to consider. Before you take your liberty. And if they weren't there, it is surely perfectly fine, honorable, and right to ask the Holy Spirit to help you see it. And it's sure preferable to just ignoring it or being casual about it. Because I have to say, I don't believe the Lord is casual at all with his people. He intends to present a finished product, complete, perfect, whole. And there's no way you're going to measure up except by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no way I can measure up except by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm daily confronted with the places where I'm just not quite there. But he is coming to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, uh, pass one 
jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Wherefore, therefore, whosoever therefore shall break one of these, one of the least commandments. Now, really hear that because, you know, I'm not, I'm not standing up here to define what's too short a skirt or whether you should wear skirts or pants or whether you can hold hands while you're walking out a year or uh, whether you can grow a beard uh, or <laughs> there's a lot of ors there, right? Um, and these things are all on constantly potential points of division. When we look around at each other and we see something we don't think quite measures up. And you want to remember that the way you walk is teaching. It is really teaching. And shall teach men so, particularly for, you, for us as parents or grandparents. Or great-grandparents, I think there's a few of those around. Whosoever therefore shall break one of, the, of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. And you know, good luck with exceeding the righteousness of Paul before he met Jesus. Good luck. <laughs> you probably won't be able to do it. Um, I certainly haven't been able to. I've lived with a lot of you for very, very many years. I've taught an awful lot of you in school. And I know you know me. <laughs> and parts of me I wish you didn't know. Uh, you've heard that it was said, uh, we're in verse 21 now. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill be in danger of judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause, you know, our view of cause for being a little upset with somebody and God's view of cause for being upset are frequently different things. Um, frequently very different things, perhaps even directly opposed. And you can't learn that except the fact that you might have this view of a cause for anger that God thinks is a cause for rejoicing. You can't get that straight except by the Holy Spirit. The word is indeed nigh thee, and it is even in your mouth, because the Holy Spirit is constantly attempting 
not attempting. He, he doesn't need. He, he does have to yield to our will. He could smack it through. If we're casual, you know, and uh, I'll interrupt myself for for a minute. But there's a verse at the end of First uh, Timothy. Uh, chapter 6, verse 20, if you want to look it up, but I'll just read it to you because it's on the paper here. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. Avoid profane and vain babblings. Of course, being a scientist, I like the last part, but really I'm just going to stop with the vain babblings right now because an awful lot of conversation is just that. It's part of everyday life to talk about the weather, to comment on the fact that the snow managed to move all the way down to the tree line overnight. <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. It's, why do we want to avoid it? Well, because it avoids real communication. Frequently we talk about that because if we talked about what we really thought with the person we're sitting with at the table during breakfast or lunch or dinner, we might find ourselves in the midst of trouble. And so we find something safe to talk about. That's not all bad. I mean, if it's going to turn into contention, it's probably better <laughs> to... Uh, avoid the the subject but you know if you have to keep doing that and you have to keep doing that and you have to keep doing that keep talking around the thing about the weather and the hay crop and the latest job and whatever if you can't find that's the only communication that you can have with so-and-so because if you said what you really thought that really is a problem if we're going to be one with Christ, we have to be one with each other. And it requires yielding. Perhaps yielding your opinion, perhaps somebody else yielding theirs, I don't know. But in the end, somebody's going to yield. Or the two can't walk together and be one. So, we were here. Um, and whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say, and notice this is say, 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 thou fool shall be in danger of the hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and this is central to what I have to say tonight, and there remember, The Holy Spirit is faithful. And when you go to offer, you know, offer your daily workload, offer your daily whatever, kneel to pray.
Usually I sit in my chair when I pray. And I had an experience about a week and a half ago, maybe, I don't remember exactly how long. But I learned a long time ago, really. I learned it when I first came to Claremont, my very first visit to Claremont, when I received the Holy Ghost, I learned this. The Holy Ghost got me to my knees back there in Claremont, literally to my knees. Like this. And I was crying because of the conviction of the Holy Ghost. And I stopped smoking for a whole week. And it took my wife to actually get me delivered in the end. And it took a convention in Claremont to get me delivered in the end from the smoking thing. And a lot of years in between there. But about a week and a half ago, I got down on my knees again. And lo and behold, didn't happen right away. But two days later, a very significant thing happened. I'm not going to tell you that story all the way, but I'm just going to say that God honors prayer. And that's one thing you can always do with your mouth. And it's one of the things we forget. I forget. <laughs> you know, when I get going, I, I know how to teach school. I know how to, I've been doing it for years, right? <laughs> I know how to do a lot of things that I've been doing for years. Um, and none of those things are just automatic, really. The Holy Spirit wants to be involved in all of them. I, I thought Richard's take on praying without ceasing this morning was right on the target. You're in the middle of something and the Holy Spirit just comes along and he changes the course. I mean, I've used two out of three scriptures and I'm not, pretty sure I'm not gonna get through all of them. <laughs> They're there if I need them. But the Holy Spirit writes the script. Turn to Malachi 3.16, which is just a few pages back from Matthew. You don't want to get too far away from Matthew. I'm probably not done there. Um, ye have said, verse 14, oh, well, let's back up even more. Uh, your words have been stout, verse 13, against me, saith the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken so much against thee? That's a good question to ask once in a while. Because frequently you don't know what you did. 
I find myself in discussion with my wife and I'm getting a response that was totally unexpected. And I don't know why, and I have to ask, why? And the same is true of the Lord. You have said it is vain to serve God. Now I'll bet nobody in the room has said it exactly that way. <laughs> that it's vain to serve God. But you probably have said something to the effect of, do I have to do that again? Do I have to sit at the table with this person again? Do I have to listen to the kid next door? One more time. And what profit is it that we have kept the ordinances? None, if that's all they are. And that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts, which is how you will walk before the Lord of hosts if you're just keeping the ordinances. And now we call the proud happy, yea, that work wickedness and are set up. And yea, that tempt God are even delivered. And they that tempt God are even delivered. <coughs> then, they that feared the Lord spake off, often one to another. <coughs> and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And I want to really underline the heard it, because he hears it all when we speak often one to another. And some of it isn't going into the book of remembrance about, of life. He really does hear it. He hears it when we whisper to our neighbor. He hears it when perhaps we're not even whispering anymore. And we've got to let the Holy Spirit be the arbitrator, I guess. Is. And that frequently just means retreating and praying. And I can't, can't say it too many times tonight. Someone, in the end, will yield. The only way. There isn't another way. It's not magic. Um, and I think we've heard some of this before, but I just want to underline the, uh, because it's very fresh. He's training the way we're talking. He cares about what comes out of our mouth. He's listening. And what he's listening for, and a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And so, part of what we say is the praying that we do. And the praying that we do, well, let's look at Matthew 6. Um, verse 5. And when you pray, 
Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, and they may be seen, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when you have shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which is seeth in secret shall reward you openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth that ye have need what ye have need of, what things ye have need of, before ye ask him. After this manner therefore pray ye. Let's go ahead and do this together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, that's a heavy line. Neither will your Father God help us with unforgiveness. God keep us alert when it's trying to creep in. That we can nip it in the bud. It says in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it, your tongue that is, I suppose that means love to speak, shall eat the fruit thereof. We really do want, need, desperately need the help of the Holy Spirit to Teach us kindness, even when we're correcting. That was a very hard lesson for me to learn. I don't think I've really learned it all the way yet. Teach us mercy, especially for repeated offense. Teach us righteous judgment when we're evaluating each other. Those are the things he's teaching. And he's teaching us daily as we walk together. This is what this place is really all about. And if it isn't about that, for you, or if it's kind of a secondary 
thing. Ask the Holy Spirit to help. Please. I'm crying out for it because I get distracted far too easily. And I find myself in the middle of something I cognitively know better about. It's up here, okay. Um, I want to remind you about Philemon 1.6. That the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you. This is talking personally now. You're not talking about anybody else. You're looking at your own heart. There are not many days when I look at my own heart and acknowledge all the good things. Rather, I get a lot of help from the devil, and I'm pretty sure you do too, <laughs> to remember all the things that went wrong and all the things where you messed up and said stuff you shouldn't have said. And, all you and it's a dead end. It doesn't go anywhere. It's... It's only when the Holy Spirit helps us to remember to acknowledge the good things which Christ has done. What good things has Christ done in you tonight? Go ahead and take a minute. I'll shut up. Write them down. Please. What good things has Christ done in you? And acknowledge it. That's what makes the communication of your faith work. James says, but the tongue can no, can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therefore, bless we God, even the Father. I mean, therewith, we bless we God, even the Father. And therewith, curse we men. Which are made of, after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. We're not talking about saying bad words. But the biting and the devouring, the gossiping, the criticism. And the blessing. You did a good job. You were faithful. You brightened my day with that hello. You called me a saint. Oops. Okay. I 
think I might be done. Um, but really, give heed to this and ask the Holy Spirit to help us in our communications with one another. And especially when we're, we know we're treading on with a brother that has ought against us or you have ought against. Those things have to be resolved before you can make your offering. Well, you can go ahead and make the offering, but I appreciate um, Ted. I, I believe, um, and I've told him this, and I'm not, I'm not ready to gild him in gold yet, just yet. <laughs> but I do know, um, and, and obviously I know Karen would know more than me, um, to what degree this is true, that there's, that of anybody that's embodied, you know, what we're looking for is to try to really slow and, and hold back and, and allow, give place to the Spirit of God, it's, it's Ted. I used to go toe-to-toe uh, -to -toe with Ted. He's got a strong forehead. And anybody that does is part of their gifting, but it has to be tempered. Um, you know, and, and my burden was, you know, Ted, can you, and he knows, I'm not telling him anything he doesn't know or you haven't experienced it. I'm not saying this because I, I haven't had the same response, but he's, he, it, want to um, be quick to draw first, draw on fire, and then, and then he always comes around. I've never seen anybody that ultimately is as soft in, in, as Ted. But I know, I know he, He's delivering the goods tonight because it's 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 in him and he's and he's working through it and so I think it's something for us to consider. Um, passage that came to mind was you know um, a couple of different passages, but um, when you go into the house of the Lord, let let thy words of uh, keep thy foot. When thou goest into the house of God and be more ready to hear than to offer the sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do evil. And, and that's a standard. We're talking about standard. To, to be more ready to hear than to offer your opinion takes a tremendous um, delay and, and yieldedness to the Spirit of God. It is 
almost impossible at times, as you would well know. Anyway, um, and lastly, uh, I'll mention this. Let your speech be always in grace, having been seasoned with salt. To know how it ought to behoove you to answer one another. And there's a tempering that's happening, I think, on the inside. That's got to take place first. You, you try to control your mouth externally. You, it just, it's futile. It's a tempering of the heart. It's, it really starts on the inside. But let your speech be seasoned with salt. Of all people, I used to look at Ted. Ted would pour salt on his food. I said, oh, my word, Ted. I kind of, you know, took pride in the fact that I, you know, I, I didn't use as much salt. It's not that good for you. But I actually come to realize I've had blood tests for years and years. And you know what's off the charts on my blood test is I'm low in salt. That's a good indicator. Huh? Like, where's the seasoning with my words? I'm deficient there. So I've been adding a little bit more salt. But I think, I think it really would behoove us as a people to conduct ourselves in a way where we really um, are able to build a bridge. Some of us are pretty good at detonating bridges. Especially, you know, someone, it, isn't it painful when somebody, you, you go away from a conversation and you realize somebody was trying to build a bridge, they were trying to walk across the bridge and you detonated it with just an inflammatory comment. It just, everybody here is pretty tough skin, but at heart, most of us are pretty easily wounded, more than what we ever let on. So with that, we'll close. If somebody else has anything you want to add, not to sum it all up here. There's a lot more that could be said that will let our words be few tonight. We do, uh, we, we almost could have taken the service and, and just pray. And I feel like that, I came with a, a thought like, like that. Um, retreat to prayer was the line Ted, so I thought that caught my attention. There's a lot of need here among us, folks. Uh, major transition with John's family, John Stephen. Major, I mean, this was a month back, they were not. Big John was no, no, no. They weren't. They were staying put, and his finger was in the dike, and it's taken a process of time to bring him to where this is really the best direction for them. For those that don't know, they leave tomorrow for to go back to Cincinnati, Ohio, back, back to the back to the fruit farm, right? That's what it's called. Was called. We have uh, situations in Fairbanks with uh, Rebecca dealing with some stomach issues and some infection through it. Josiah did hear that he got a, a good report, at least for starters with his kidney. There may need to be some further testing. He has a heart test tomorrow. Just Kathy, she looks beautiful tonight, doesn't she? Just honor and dignity. Talk about the virtuous woman. So there's a lot before, so. Let's um, 
I see Nathan back there. He's overextended. Um, Fabian in a similar situation. So let's let's do consider um, these burdens and, and lift them before God when He puts them on your heart. It takes so little at times just to stop and um, and offer a prayer. Never know how it impacts somebody else. So Lord, we look to you for this night. Lord, let there be a waiting in our hearts and in our spirits, Lord. Do not run ahead of you, Father. Be able to yield our members, Lord, especially the most unruly member in our midst, Father. We trust you now with, with the lives of our loved ones, Father, that you have their good at, at heart, Lord. You do, do them good in the end, Lord. You bring each one through this, Father. A better place. Commit you, Lord, to the work of your hands. In Jesus' name, amen.